there is no big brand I know like doesn't have like an acoustic ID or a brand song. I think music is an invaluable part for podcasters and really any kind of media platform. Music needs to be licensed. A license is a contract. Money's going to have to change hands. And if you're not doing that, you're going to wind up with problems down the road. Welcome back to the Podcaster's Playbook, the place where podcasters like you can come and get just about everything you're going to need to start your own podcast or take yours to the next level. In these five episodes, we've covered just about everything you need to know to get started. But there is one more tool which will take your podcast from zero to hero just like that. Now, we could play a fancy soundbite to entertain you right there, but that's what this episode is all about. How to enhance the sound of your podcast without using soundbites that could get you in legal trouble. It's something that, if done right, will help build your story and build the emotion, while at the same time not something that's going to get in the way of your story or message. It's the piece that makes a difference between a live panel conversation or a keynote and listening to a produced podcast. Besides being able to take out all the stumbles and the boring parts, it's the music. So today we're going to talk you through how music can boost your podcast, helping you create an audio identity for your show, and... Also, getting that music, either from a composer or a music library. That's right. And we're even going to help you out and talk a little bit about the legal ramifications of using clips and music in your show. What's legal, what's not, which, by the way, is always changing. So you're going to want to do a quick search before you hit publish. In other words, be smart and use Google. Now, when it comes to actually inserting music into parts of your show, you have to decide when a moment needs music... And when you should just let the moment ride. A lot of that will really be up to you and your ear. And quite frankly, opinion and intuition. It's a style that each editor has. My general rule of thumb is don't let the music be distracting. If you hear it more than you hear your host or it's taking away from the introduction of the show, cut it. Find something else. Now here's the important thing you need to remember. You can't just grab whatever music you want and slap it into your show. No pulling things down from YouTube, no grabbing old CDs, no ripping songs from web sources. That's right. You could run into all sorts of legal troubles. To learn more of the specifics, we talked to some audio industry pros. Well, I'm Douglas Reed. I'm the EVP of Radio and Library Services for Source Audio. My name is Ileana Landon, and I'm the Senior Division Manager at Megatrax Production Music. First off, we were talking about the pure benefit of adding music to your podcasts, what it does for your show from a listener's perspective. Here's Ileana. Well, I think as with anything um, that's audio and video, actually, background music allows the listener or the viewer to use the theater of the mind. Um, You know, at one point, you know, they could be in Italy and you could hear the Italian sounds. And then the next time you can be in Spain and hear, you know, flamenco in the background or, you know, a big orchestral piece to set the tone for the scene. So I think music is an invaluable part for podcasters and really any kind of media platform. And Doug Reed added, I I just think a lot of guys getting involved with this and playing around with it are just having a lot of fun because it's more than just, hey, I'm going to pick a theme song and that's it. Suddenly they're learning sound design. They're learning about, well, how can I use music to kind of make my podcast easier to listen to? So it's not just voices droning on and on and on. How can I break things up? How can I have transitions? How can I, you know, add 
anything from sound effects or to dramatic drones or that sort of stuff. One of my favorites is called The Good Life Project. It's an interview podcast with various different people. It's very uplifting, positive. They sometimes use music, not often, but they sometimes use music. You know, some of them use it for um, background kind of light um, music as they do their sponsored ad in, inserted in the in the podcast or um, an intro outro. Just like we were saying before, there are a million ways you can use music and each editor is going to have their own style, their own preference of how they use the music. And a lot of podcasters, like Doug said, are just getting started. I want to clarify something here. There's this rumor that you can use 30 seconds of music as fair use. And I've even gotten that request from some people that I work with. Doug lets us know. Well, fair use is a defense. It's it's not a, a legal right. I mean, you can claim fair use, but if copyright holder uh, takes exception to that, they're going to drag you into court. So you're going to wind up paying legal fees to try to, uh, you know, assume that, uh, you know, you can use the music for fair use. And to be honest, there's really just not that many applications for it in podcasting. There is no 10 second rule that you can use 10 seconds of pop music and that's okay. No, there's no 30 second rule. It basically, if you use any piece of pop music, your hosting service is going to get hammered with a notice. They're going to take down your feed. If it happens three or four times, the chances are, and this will probably happen for the first time this year, the record companies are going to come out after you. Just don't do it. Music needs to be licensed. A license is a contract. Money's going to have to change hands. And if you're not doing that, you're going to wind up with problems down the road. Absolutely right. That's why we asked Doug how this is different from how podcasting is operated as a DIY medium. And as podcasts expand, how this is all going to change. Most music that uh, podcasters have used to date really isn't licensed appropriately. And uh, the issue is, is that in order for a podcast to operate, for because a podcast is a weird hybrid. Kind of. It used to be downloads. Everything was downloaded. Well, in order to use music in a download effectively, you need more than what is typically given to you, which is, uh, you know, you, in rights would just be the synchronization and the master use rights to use the recording. To do a download, you're going to need the mechanical rights. That's the rights that give you the authorization to copy from one hard drive to another. All right, that's fine. But now we're moving into the streaming realm. So right now, about 40% of podcasts are actually just being streamed, and uh, that number is going to go up as more and more things move to the cloud. You're now getting the performing rights organizations are going to start getting involved because the stream is now being considered a public performance. So podcasters have to make sure that they're covered on a few different levels. Yes, podcasters need to make sure that they have mechanical as well as performance rights. I don't think many people know that using buyouts only allows the buyer the right to that track. And buyouts mostly are only royalty rights. And so it may not protect them from the copyright laws that govern podcasters. What it comes down to is to get music you can legally use inside your podcast, you have two main options. You can pay for a music library subscription. Which can be the type of library that has clips and sound effects, or maybe it's the kind that has each part of the track broken out, also known as stems. To be clear, stems are the actual pieces that make up the song, the rhythm, the drums, the guitar. So you can hear lighter mixes of the track you selected.
or you can find a musician or composer that'll make music for you. The benefit of this is that it's an original track and you pay to own it. No other show or movie or commercial will have that track in it, and you can truly make that piece part of your audio identity. If you have the right composer and a price that you can afford, you're in complete control of developing your show's sonic footprint. Working with a composer can also mean more spend and more production time as you wait for them to create the music or go back and forth on revisions. If you can afford it, these composers can create magic. I mean, we all know of the iconic soundtracks from movies like Star Wars, The Godfather, Pretty in Pink, Almost Famous, Lost in Translation, Guardians of the Galaxy, and on and on and on and on. But we also know the songs that maybe aren't masterpieces, but created an identity for that show. The simple pulsing keys of Serial arguably iconic. Or even the cartoons you watched as a kid. Not necessarily works of art, but you remember those songs and they become a vital part of the show and your relationship to it. Music is really like everything. It's whether we think about it consciously or not. That's musician, podcast composer, and DJ Serene Patel. There's so much that can live in your emotions and your memories and your mind and your well-being and your sense of self and your sense of confidence. And there's so much that can live in like music that you love or that you're hearing for the first time. You know, it's just, just so many infinite contexts that music can live in. You know, it's the same way writers choose what words they use. It's a tool. It can envelop and enhance what you're already going for and can make your story more full. Serene's passion for composing came from his love of music. My parents love to tell a story of I was an early, like, 45 collector. I do remember my parents being like, yeah, you used to have a whole little crate of 45s and you would run around the house singing Twist and Shout and like, we couldn't shut you up. Serene and his friend have a comedy show together in Crown Heights. And a while back, they decided to make it into a podcast that had a lasting effect on Serene. I didn't want to put out a podcast and just... That's it. I, I thought it, it would be a good chance to like incorporate more of my world. And, you know, I had just put out this album, this short album. And so I included some songs, some instrumentals from that album. But I also had a ton of unfinished music that I sort of dug through and repurposed and shaped into the, you know, audio bedrock of that episode. And from there, he started putting pieces together for other podcasts. Now, Serene composes for a variety of shows. We asked him about his process for doing so. It's really just two parts, like getting to know the person and then figuring out what specifically they want from me. If you want me to compose um, original music or incorporate more of my personal flavor into the audio of your story. And then typically, after I've gotten sort of that nuts and bolts stuff out of the way, where I can just listen straight through and figure out what kind of story... Then I think I start listening for feeling and emotion and whatever feedback the creator has. You know, sometimes people can come to you and be like, this section is actually very dark and or sad or angry to me. And that, that could be enough for me to build off, you know? So when working with a composer, it's important to describe the feeling or emotion that you're trying to evoke. It'll help put the composer in the mood. I think a lot of the times when you are a composer, you almost prefer people to come to you with those sort of like nebulous terms that people might not 
think make any sense to someone but they actually do help like it's way more beneficial for someone to be like this feels very sad or just feels like flowing water or you know any kind of like non-specific terms that actually helps me get into the mental space and so really i'm just listening for the emotion and taking every every bit of information into account i've worked with composers a handful of times and i think the step that serene called out that's super helpful is meeting in person When you're collaborating on something as personal or as opinion or taste-based as music, you're going to want to be in constant communication with your composer. That's right, because you may change the track or decide that you just don't want the music. Or realize that you need more music so that it can breathe and help set a mood without any words over it. The best thing to do is have what you want figured out, especially if you're not working in person with your composer. You'll want to tell them the moods you're looking for, the artists or soundtracks you like, and what type of instruments you're hoping to hear. Another way to go about it is to finish the layout of the episode and then send it their way for scoring. Call out where you want music and go from there. That way you don't have to worry about changing things to fit the music. The music is going to fit what you have created. Then again, if you don't feel like you need original music or you don't have the budget to do so, you can turn to a wide selection of music libraries that are available to you, including the brand new one from Benstown. Here's Andy Sonneman, the chief creative at Benstown. There is no big brand I know like doesn't have like an acoustic ID or like a sonic ID or like a brand music, a brand song. Same goes for movies. Like there's no big movies without a fantastic soundtrack. The music is really the soundtrack for the podcaster. Our music is more targeted to you as a podcaster than compared if you use catalogs, which are used for movies or for animations or for sound design, because we would be more able to fit your needs and get you what you need in terms of sound, presentation, mix down. As we mentioned earlier, there are a lot of legal loopholes to jump through when using music. But going with a music library can help to avoid those potential pitfalls. Here again are Ileana Landon of Megatracks and Doug Reed of PodcastMusic.com. Well, we're already working with a lot of podcasters, individual podcasters, as well as aggregators. So not only are the podcasts covered for the mechanical and uh, performance rights that I mentioned, as well as the royalty rights, they can be assured that they will not be violating copyright law. I was actually just at a conference at ASCAP last week talking about the MMA, that's the Music Modernization Act, that's working its way through Congress. It just passed the House. It's now in the Senate. And uh, it looks like it's going to happen this year. And what that means is that there's going to be yet a new organization specifically for digital use of music. So this is coming. It's on a time schedule. You're probably going to see it hit uh, January 1st, 2020. So... You know, and I got to tell you right now, you know, when we're talking about podcasting, bringing in $300 million a year in advertising, there is no way that the music industry is not eyeballing that and licking its chops to get a piece of it. So one of the benefits of working with a music library or service is that part of the monthly or annual subscription actually helps you take care of that. Yes? We're just acting as agents. We're the middleman here. But everything is sewn up nice and tight and uh, licensed appropriately to your podcast. And the beauty of that is this works where the way a lot of the so-called royalty-free libraries works, but we are including the direct performance license, which most royalty-free libraries you see on the web, you know, that's excluded, that particular, uh, you know, so, you know, again, it's just a question of just knowing how these institutes operate, and we want to make sure that everybody who's using our product, there are no surprises down the road, and we can back it up. 
Ileana spoke to us about the different types of licenses that we should all be aware of and how to know if you're getting the right one. So like, for example, if, if they license an episodic license or a theme music that they use, you know, for intros, outros, that would be in perpetuity for that episodic theme. A needle drop license might be something that they interject somewhere for, let's say, you know, background music for a sponsored ad. And that would be, you know, a varying license. So it just, it depends on the usage. And these are just a few of the services that are out there. Each service will have different price points, usage and licensing options, and of course, other perks like custom music, soundalikes, and much more. Spend some time with each, explore, and see what fits your budget. There's plenty of options for everyone. But what we really wanted to express here is the importance of a music library and the quick flexibility it will give you with your podcast. But the folks at Benstown were the inspiration behind this series. So we want to take some time to talk about their new service that they built just for podcasters. The new podcast library curates and combines Benstown's existing 300,000 cut music and effects library with brand new tracks that are designed just for podcasts. And they're always adding to it as well. They've got music, sounds, sound effects, and more. They've even put everything into different starter packs for you. Plus, for annual subscribers, Benstown will produce a show open for you. To get the scoop on this, here's Andy from Benstown again. We really try to curate the content we're owning and we're having, like, for you guys. These are the major categories for podcasts. Like, these are the stuff you really need if you're a starter. If you want to go crazy, let's say, in a fitness podcast, like, we got it covered for you. If it's, like, a spiritual thing or like a religion thing, like we already have that covered for you. So we really try to narrow it down to a selection where we feel like super confident and super excited about like that's really going to help you drive your podcast and, and drive you forward and make you you successful. The other thing is like music is changing all the time. And that's what we do as well. So we're constantly updating and improving like our service, our libraries, like to be musically consistent. So even if you would do like a pop culture podcast, like we would have the latest pop culture type of music in that library because we flow with the music. We constantly update and, and make it happen. Like we make it happen for you that you are on top of the game and even a little bit over the edge maybe. And Benstown has gone out of their way to take into account the podcaster's workflow and the market itself. So they've created a few different options. So what we created at Benstown is uh, basically an a la carte menu. So you could needle drop and just Get a few bads here and there, a few elements that make your podcast stick out and sound great. Or, which I would highly recommend, you go more production intense and make a podcast like sound amazing and go for an annual subscription. The great thing is the Ben Sound Library comes stacked with like sound design and sound effects, which gonna of course make your podcast even better and uh, give you more opportunity in post production and create awesome ambiences and, and design all around your show. And I promise you're gonna be like really, really happy with this. As radio and podcast fans themselves, the team at Benstown is really excited to get into podcasting with you. So they've created a special welcome package. We really thought like a long time, like what we're going to do, like, because we're so excited getting our stuff into the podcast community and as we're all parts of it as users and listeners. So we decided really to go move forward with an awesome welcome package, which is going to be like a big surprise for you guys. So if you basically sign up for a yearly subscription like we're gonna like supply you with like high quality super awesome custom elements for your show so you basically be produced by the best of the best in the game and we're gonna make that happen make that for free for you as a welcome gift from benstown for you as podcasters and how would someone get started with the benstown library you go to benstownbranding.com 
you'll see like a lot of different formats on that page. You go straight to the podcast category and you'll basically landing on a beautiful design overview page, which is going to give you the one-on-one on what it is. There's going to be videos explaining how to use the service in the site. Plus, fantastically, there's going to be categories, which will be podcast starter packages. We'll basically pick the biggest topics and already curated musical starter packages for you. So that's it for Podcaster's Playbook. Thank you to composer Serene Patel. You can check out Serene's work at Serene, S-A-R-E-E-N dot N-Y-C. As well as Ileana Landon from Megatracks Music. Megatracks is at megatracks.com. That's tracks with an X. And Doug Reed from podcastmusic.com. And podcastmusic.com should be easy enough to find. We covered a lot of information this episode. Everything from music licensing to the different libraries and even working with composers. Over the five episodes, we went through getting started, hosting, platforms, monetization, and a whole bunch more. We know that in a short series like this, we couldn't possibly cover everything. But we hope we gave you the information and tools that you need to start the show that you've been dreaming of. Or to up your game if you've already got one. Now go start podcasting. Podcaster's Playbook is brought to you by Benstown Branding and Podcast Services. Go to Benstown.com to find out more.